This is To The Point. A rhino experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Hey, To The Point listeners. What's up? It's your boy, Chris. Another episode. I'm excited for this one too. But before we do that, I want to get, I want to bring up a couple of things. Um, the back half of this year, we're going to be kind of all over the U.S. again. Travel starting to pick up for me. Uh, I'm excited. There's a few places I'm going to go where I get to hopefully meet some of y'all that are listeners. Um, I know we're going to the Clover Mastermind, which is here in Phoenix. And that is the 15th. Actually, I'm not certain. I think this episode might even fall afterwards. So if it does, then that's where I was on the 15th. <laughs> I was at Clover Mastermind. Uh, we're also into the Roofing Contractors Association of Texas in, on September 27th. Service World Expo on October 18th. I will not be there, but Rhino will be there representing. I think we're ha- we have a breakout. I know we have a breakout president of our digital strategies. Mike does. Um, October 26th, I'm going to be down in Hotlanta with previous uh, podcast guest, Mr. Adam Barty. There's like a Service Titan E open house E type event that he's putting on his place with a lot of people coming. So um, I'll be down there if, any, if I'll see any of y'all down there. Roofcon, I'll be speaking at again. Um, and that's in November. Uh, oh, also, I'm going to head up to Chicago in September as well for another open house with a company called TR Miller. Also been on the podcast, Mr. Brian Sloan, and our guests met him at Rhino X this past year, earlier this year. Um, and then finally, I was asked to do, to do a keynote at the Roofing Conference Expo. So apparently, Jason, I'm doing a good job of speaking at these roofing events because they keep inviting me back, and I'll take it because I love that type of stuff. So, um, but before I do go any further, I just want to say I always love like we seem to have a lot of guests that come from the Vegas area. So I'm excited to have another guest on that that comes from Sin City, also known as you know the entertainment capital of the world, uh, and home home of the former Rhino X speaker from this previous year that our guest met, as well as a To The Point podcast episode, Mr. Iron Mike Tyson, the baddest man on the planet. But it's also known as the marriage capital of the world and coincidentally, the divorce capital. <laughs> so maybe you're a listener and you're a part of that statistic. I don't know. Um, the Disneyland for adults. It's the city that never sleeps. Our guest is from Viva Las Vegas. There it is. That's the classic. Hey, baby, let's go to Vegas. <laughs> I probably could have done without that last clip. They probably could have finished with something a little bit better than that. But our guest is from Vegas. He is not in studio. He is sitting in his own office in Vegas. But I'm excited to share our guest's five-year story of building his HVAC and plumbing company from zero to 15 million. I said five-year story. You heard that right? 50, potentially 16 million. We'll see. I don't know. We're going to get into it a little bit too, but all while being a great husband to Cass and a dad to four kids, I think two boys, two girls. Is that right? Got it. Okay. Yeah, that's right. so perfect. So, and I believe the largest privately held HVAC company in Vegas. And I've been lucky enough to get in front of a uh, front row seat to his journey the past few years because he is a Rhino customer and I'm grateful for that. And we got to hang out at Rhino X earlier this year. So I want to introduce my friend, Mr. Jason Henderson, owner and founder of best 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 heating and air conditioning. <laughs> How's that for an introduction, Jason? Welcome to the show, brother. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. 
Um, I didn't see you singing any of those songs. Like, what's the deal? Was that not good? Was that out? Would you don't like any of those songs? I was humming in my head. Okay, perfect. So actually, you know what? Now that I've gotten to know you a little bit more, that is kind of more your vibe. You're a little bit more reserved. Um, for being an old sales, for a sales guy, you kind of have an introvert piece to you. Does anybody ever told you that before? Do you recognize that? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm really outgoing with uh, friends, family, team and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, maybe not necessarily just completely outgoing. Gotcha. So, so I guess I've just learned that I have not fell into the friend category. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I hear you saying. <laughs> no, I'm just giving you a hard time. Um, well, guess what? You've gotten this business stuff figured out pretty well. I mean, five years and the success you've had, like when we were talking about this, I think it was last week, just uh, the year to year success um, I think this is going to be, well, I know this is going to be relatable to a lot of our listeners because a lot fall kind of in the same category in, you in regards to size and like, um, it might be even more recognizable in some of the things you've run into over the past five years, because, um, when we get into your story and, and I want you to share with our guests, um, you know, one, like how you got in the trades, which is typically what I'll do kind of all the way up to current day. So that way they can start to see a picture of, you know, how you got into it, where you're at today, like even to the story from you transitioning into owning your own business and um, some of the conversations you and I had around, you know, just when you were getting into it, like that you'd have with your wife, because obviously anybody who's listening, who's in a relationship and started their own business, like they can completely relate to this exact experience that you went through. So, but you've had such good success, like year over year, over year success, and you're bringing the bottom line with you, which is incredibly important. So I'm excited to share the story, man. So let's go ahead and jump right into it and let's, and let our listeners know, you know, like, how'd you get in the trades and then, and then bring us up to date, man, to where, as you sit in that chair today, where are you at? Well, yeah, um, got into the trades about 20 years ago. Um, I was working in the food and beverage industry. So I worked on the Las Vegas strip and, uh, kind of worked my way through dishwashing and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, just wanted to kind of make a change. And so, uh, I answered, uh, an ad in the newspaper. So that kind of dates me, but <laughs> in the newspaper for uh, no experience needed duct cleaner. And so went in and uh, got a job as a duct cleaner, got some training as doing duct cleaning and worked my way up through uh, doing HVAC installs and maintenance and then eventually service and then sales. When was that, Jason? Uh, what year was that roughly? That was 2003. 2003. Gotcha. Yeah. So back in 2003 and then just kind of worked my way through, um, kind of found that I had a knack for sales. Uh, like you said, you know, I was a sales guy, um, you know, nothing fancy, you know, just, uh, good at communicating with clients, uh, good at creating trust and rapport and things like that. And then closing of course. And, um, in August of 2017, uh, we took the plunge to start our own company, you know, so, um, you're one of the crazy ones. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a moment, you know, that we felt that, you know, we needed to do at that point, we had been in the industry for a while. My wife, uh, she was also in the industry since 2008. Um, you know, she was a uh, office manager, you know, CSR, stuff like that. And so we decided to jump in and, you know, get in the industry as business owners. Got it. So would you, so to, that was 2017. Um, so you went from being this like really great sales guy and thinking, you know what, I'm just going to go and do my own thing. Yeah. Hey, yeah. That was, that was pretty much it. I bet you there's a few of our listeners that can relate to that story. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm actually that. So I did the same thing, you know, and, and it was that when I started Rhino, it was, I was a really good at sales and I just learned how to build out all the things I was doing. And my wife was really good and complimentary to the things I weren't, I wasn't good at. And so it worked out really, really well. Like 
And so anyhow, I, I'm like, I'm a product of that same thing from sales. So, so carry on. So 2017, you're a sales guy. You come in, you're starting your own business. Like now, um, where do we go from there? Like, did you, cause you're heating, you're heating, air conditioning and plumbing. Did you start with that? Did you start at HVAC? Did you start with one trade or the other? No, we started with both. Okay. Um, so I have a license for HVAC and plumbing and, uh, you know, worked around plumbers and, uh, worked on that side of the trade for quite a bit of the time that I was, uh, you know, actually working in the trade. And, uh, so we decided to start both. Um, and so I'm, you know, competent to do both, um, HVAC and plumbing, uh, more on the HVAC side. And I, I thought that after years of experience of, uh, you know, sales service, you know, having the ability to diagnose and things like that, that would somehow translate into business ownership. And, uh, the reality, it was completely different, you know, it just, uh, <laughs> right away we found out, I mean, within two days, I think we realized that, you know, something had changed and we had, uh, you know, maybe made a mistake. I, I don't know if mistakes the right word, but you know, at that point we found out that it was real. Got it. So, well, you, they say you either win or learn, right? So you had to learn, but, yeah. but you know, now part of your strategy was, um, and, and I really want to make sure we hit home on this too, because you've had like good consistent growth over the last five years. Um, and so it is, Oh my goodness. My phone is ringing. Can you believe that? Remember when I just told you pre podcast, I said, Hey, turn off all your notifications. So I'm going to give a shout out right now. Cause I know this guy's listening. This is Jim Sloan from TR Miller. Who's calling me right smack in the middle of my podcast. And I didn't turn my, my mic off. So sorry for the disruption. That won't happen again. I promise until next time. Um, but let's keep going forward with this because you've had all this consistent growth and you, you know, you've been super conscious about like obviously maintaining uh, the bottom line with this thing too. But part of this comes from your, I remember, I want you to tell the story that you have with Cass, like um, on just how you were going to go to market with the business kind of coming in with, you know, with like, you're still figuring it out. Like your sell, sales is arguably the easiest part at some point, right? Like it's selling, it's easiest part. You got to figure all these other things out, but kind of tell that story on like, on that, that you conversation you had about how you guys were going to go into, into this, you know, obviously you've got some monster competitors up there. So like, tell us, tell the story. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, we had a conversation right towards the beginning on pricing and my wife, Cassandra, you know, she's amazing. And she just basically said, well, I think we're going to have to go in and be the cheapest company so that we can compete, you know, come in and just be an inexpensive company. And I said, you know, as a startup company, you know, we don't really know how to market. We don't really know how to get leads. We're going to be really limited on the people that we see. We may only see two to three people a week. And if we're only going to see two to three people a week, we need to be one of the most expensive companies. And just, I'll just use expensive just because it defines the, right. you know, pricing. Um, and she said, well, how are we going to do that? You know, no one's going to know who we are. I said, no one would know who we are if we were the least expensive. Right. And so when we get an opportunity with the client, we have to, you know, show up like professionals, deliver our product like professionals and deliver professional products. And that's something that I can do because it's the one thing that I can do. You know, if I'm with a client, it's no problem. You know, we're going to get along great and they're going to want to transact or, you know, because they're having a great experience. And so being a high priced company right from the beginning was something that allowed us to actually start to make money. Now, of course, we didn't know how much money we were making because we still didn't know anything about business at the time. <laughs> still learning you know? the business side of it. Yep. Yeah. But uh, that was that was sort of the foundation of what we started with, which was being a high value company versus just being the cheapest, even though it was just me and her. Right. That's you good. Know? 
Well, and that served you well because um, I just want to shoot off a couple of numbers because I kept, I've talked about this consistent growth over the past five years. And so, and obviously you can correct me if I'm wrong too, but because my notes, when I'm writing stuff down, like I have like a child's handwriting, so I scribble a lot. So I can't, don't know if I read my own notes, but if I remember correct, you went from um, in 2018, 2 million to then in 19, 3 million to then the, the jump to the five, the three to 5 million jump, which some, a lot of listeners are familiar with that three to $5 million jump in 2020. Um, and in 2021, you had 9 million. And then this year you're tracking 15, 16 million. Did I get that right? Yeah, that's right. Perfect. So man, I guarantee you a lot of people listening are, are kind of on that exact same path or have gone down that exact same path. So I'm, I'm excited to jump into that five years. You know, and the different, you know, different things that you hit, but, um, what did you do, man? Like, what, was there something that, did you unlock something that you just like, it's, it clicked and you got it? Like, was there something that you, I mean, tell me like how, how, how the consistent growth like that over that shorter period of time? I think, uh, consistency is the key word there. Um, you know, we didn't do anything fancy and we still don't, we just really execute well on fundamentals. Um, you know, of course, you need to be able to get leads. And so marketing has to be correct. And then, of course, you need to be able to perform well once you're on those leads. And we do that as well. Um, and then, of course, making sure that you're profitable so that you can continue to grow, um, being able to communicate effectively with team and being able to. And so every single year we've gotten better at executing well on the fundamentals. Got it. Like I said, we didn't know much, but sure enough, we just continue to build on that. <laughs> well, you had all your processes built out within like three months of starting the company. And, and you had your, I think you had your managers, like it maybe, maybe talk about that piece of it. Like how to, that's fairly quick to get things built out. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we started the company August, 2017. And we did have all of our processes, standards, uh, you know, basically everything completely written. October, uh, you we said, started hiring you said people they were right written, away. Like they were written, documented, like legit processes, like done, like not like it's in your head. It's like legit written out, documented processes. Yeah. A hundred percent documented. Everything was documented. Um, everything was written and everything was, um, you know, you could perform on any of those processes. And so when we started, you know, I started hiring a lot of really great people right away. Um, you know, started working, we started to just, build things out and everybody was excited and I was excited and it kind of dawned on me that we were an actual, or we were looking to be an actual legitimate business. And then I just realized, you know, what would happen if something happened to me? You know, like for instance, I, I brought it to the team and I said, Hey, you guys, you know, everybody's working really hard. Everybody's doing the right thing. Everybody's excited to see what we're going to do in the future. And what happens if I die tomorrow? You know, that was a big question. They just kind of sat there and looked at me. Oh, well, you know, that's not going to happen. I said, right. well, what if it did? Yep. What if it did? And I said, you guys would basically have to go find another place to work. My wife would have to go find another place to work because, you know, the company is basically nothing right now. You know, we don't have a way of doing things right now. And that was right in the beginning. And I said, so what I think we need to document everything that we're going to do and how we do it. And, uh, you know, what we expect to happen when we do it that way. And so, uh, of course, when you set a goal, you know, people start working on these things and they never set a completion date. And my completion date was October. So everything was completely documented. All of our call taking, all of our call making, all of our sales, our service, HVAC, plumbing, management, every single process was created. 
And the one thing I communicated to them was, okay, so now we're going to grow and we don't know what that's going to look like. So just expect these processes to need to be revised on a routine and regular basis. We're going to need to revisit these all the time so that we can continue to use these processes effectively. Yeah. Let me, let me interrupt for just a second. Cause you said two important things. I want to make sure that we don't blow over. And that is one that you, it wasn't just you doing those, creating those processes, right? You had, <laughs> so like in here, what we do is we have the team leaders creating their own processes and documenting their own processes. So listeners, it doesn't mean that you have to do that. You might not even be the best person to do that. So you can still have your managers and your leaders and things like that that are, you know, even if they're small, they can help you document those processes. It's extremely important because I've had been asked the same question before. Like, hey, what happens, you know, if something happens to you, Chris? I got asked this early on, probably like 10 years ago. And it was, oh, wow, could this thing run if I'm gone? The answer is yeah, but every process is documented. And the second thing that you said, Jason, that's really important is you gave it a deadline. That's so important to give it a deadline. So that way it's just not like this ongoing thing. Now it sounds like, and I, and I understand because as a business grows, as things change, as you know, things happen and, you know, just in the world in general, it has to be a working document. So it doesn't need to stay the same. So two key things, you didn't have to do it all yourself and you gave a deadline, super important. Well, yeah, I wouldn't be able to do any of those. Pro I wouldn't be able to actually write any of those processes. So I have horrible <laughs> grammar, horrible punctuation. I can't type, <laughs> you know, so it would have taken years for me to do it. You know, 20 words a minute. You know, no way. <laughs> well, good, good for you. And so then you have, so every time somebody comes on new that joins that team, that almost also helps with like the onboarding piece of it, the training piece of it on like, Hey, this, this is the job that's expected of you. Do you have like KPIs in place that you're using as well? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. All of the standards, KPIs, processes are all documented for every team member. Uh, we have standards per department, standards for the company, you know, so yeah, definitely there's an onboarding process there. Got it. So, and um, I want to go into a couple things and, and this is something that has come from Rhino X and we'll see if you remember this, um, uh, this previous Rhino X, we gave our, we gave out our first, we, we called the charge award and that's from, it's something where I wanted to reward. Let me take a step back. You might've heard me talk about this before, Jason, but um, I all, every presentation I go to, everyone I've done, even to this day, fit, and I've done hundreds of these things, um, keynotes, breakouts, you name it. I always talk about my 95.5 rule. And my 95.5 rule is that all these people come to these meetings and sit there and take notes. They come to Rhino X and 95% of them go back and they get right back in the routine. They don't do anything with it. They just left. You just spent all that time, the money, the effort, the time, like, and they don't do anything. The majority, 95%. So it's the 5% that go back and implement that I wanted to reward so I can kind of practice what I preach. I wanted to reward that behavior because Rhino X is super intentional. It's not inexpensive because it's meant to be for those who are serious about growing their business. So Amanda had went back and implemented a few things that had massive change in her business. And she scaled to almost $10 million in the last year. Like, from, I mean, such a cool story and I'm going to, will be a podcast with her later, but, but she went back and implemented things and she learned like, Oh, I can go and negotiate this with the manufacturer. Oh, I can go and negotiate my credit cards down to this or, Oh, I can negotiate my, um, my credit card transaction fees to what all those little things that we don't think about where you can actually save a ton of money. Was there, was there like, what was one of the first things that you learned you can negotiate to kind of help you with that bottom line and bring it along with you? 
smartac.com, smartac.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. Smartac.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Well, um, first of all, you know, of course, we have control over our pricing. Right. Right. And so if you know your numbers and you know what numbers you need to reach, you don't necessarily need to worry about what other people are doing. Uh, you create your own pricing based on what you need as a company. Super important. And yeah, and I'm not in business to not be profitable. I'm not in business just to, you know, have fun. You know, I'm in business to make money. Yep. And so, of course, we set up our pricing the way that it's supposed to be set up. And then, uh, you know, negotiating, you know, that's that's the key word, being able to negotiate with uh, manufacturers, you know, and actually knowing that, you know, if you're performing, if you're selling, um, you know, they have ranges that they can, you know, allow you to sort of be in. And so, uh, that was one thing actually at Rhino X that, uh, you know, I, I learned about and implemented right away. So yeah, negotiating pricing. Awesome. Well, and, and, and I think that, um, something that's important is when, when we talk about negotiate, that doesn't mean you have to be an asshole. Like it just means, you I mean, you want to have a respectful relationship with your, you know, with your, your territory manager or whomever it is. Like I'm a big advocate, like, listen, like just be kind, like honey, was it, you know, bees or more to honey or whatever the hell, I don't even know what the analogy is, but I totally jacked that one up. So everybody's gonna make fun of me. But point being is like, it's, it's a lot, you know, you certainly want to help people more when, when you got a good relationship with them, right? Like if you're being an asshole, then you just become like the God, I don't want to help this person again, you know? So be nice. You can negotiate very respectfully and in a positive way and, and still get your way. I promise you, there's a lot of leverage that you can use. So um, I'm glad to hear that you implemented that from Rhino X and you learned it because that's its whole point. Like that's the entire reason they put that thing together is to try and take from those who've done and give back to those who haven't or don't, because you don't know what you don't know. Like, and you might know, like you, you probably knew Jason, or you know, you can go and negotiate with your manufacturers but maybe it was the tactics or whatever, you know, that kind of pushed you down that road to do it. To me, that's all the same. Like you're learning one way or the other to kind of go back and take action and move the business because as things scale and get bigger and you have to bring on more bodies, it chips away at that bottom line. So you do have to find ways to get that stuff done. I mean, even like um, my wife came home yesterday and was talking to me about um, renegotiating our terms with, with our um, credit card processing vendor, because I saw what we were paying just in transaction fees a month. And I was like, holy shit. Like we're talking in the millions of dollars uh, a year. And so I'm like, she's able she's working that negotiation right now. And it's very pleasant conversation. It's like a, Hey, I don't want to go searching for something else. So just come to back to me with something that's better than what we're doing right now. And then if, and we'll go from there. Cause I don't want anybody else. I want you just come back to me. And that respectful conversation has led to a negotiation because we need that. I have to keep hiring bodies to support the, you know, what we're doing, but I also need to bring the bottom line along with me. So kudos to you for going and negotiating those things. And I've heard multiple things that those have went back and done it. And that's just a couple when like one thing that I can relate to, you know, that you could, that you, any of you listeners could do right now and take back and do it. Um, I promise you it's worth the time, you know, to kind of just take a step back and work on your business in that way, because obviously it helps you make more money and helps your cash flow. Um, you had mentioned that, uh, 
when you came down to Rhino X, you went back and implemented some things. You also created some relationships there too. So has the, um, has the networking piece of this business been helpful for you along the way as well? So the networking piece, I think is almost everything, you know, um, for us, uh, I think one of the things that kind of set us apart from companies that kind of start up, you know, in a situation like ours, one of the big differentiators were we were able to set aside our ego. I've been in the industry for 15 years, so supposedly I'm an expert. But one thing I knew is I didn't know almost anything. And so being willing to actually ask questions of a lot of these uh, really great companies and not necessarily just the hundred million dollar companies, but guys that were doing five million dollars or 10 million, 15 million dollars and actually asking them questions on things that we could actually do. Um, networking is everything. And then and then understanding that it doesn't matter how much, you know, it matters what you actually do with it. So, you know, we're, we're getting all of this knowledge from all these people and we're seeking, you know, answers to these questions. And a lot of people just nod their head. Like you said, they go to these seminars and they write everything down and they go back to their thing. But learning about things that you can actually do and then actually doing it all the way, you know, following through all the way and taking action right away. Um, even at one of these uh, different networking events, making phone calls. Uh, my first networking event I ever attended, I fired my PPC guy. <laughs> from the networking uh, event. This is, you know, years ago. But this, it was was like, oh, man, you know, this was not me. This was not me. 100% wasn't you. You're the best. <laughs> but, but, you know, it was like something that I realized, wow, you know, so I'm paying this and this is completely insane. I, I had no idea what I was doing. But you learn about those things and you take action. Yep. Well, and you said something in there that I think is, is like mission critical, um, is you were, you're humble enough to go and ask, you know, because there's no way you're going to walk out there with everything that you got and like remember to go do it or even know how to do it. So the networking piece gives you those connections to lean on, to help work through some of those things. Like maybe you took a note on it. You just know how to execute it. And, and, and even like more than more often than not, people want to be helpful, right? Like they, they want to be helpful. I think, you know, even more so the last few years. So the networking piece is mission critical, I believe as well. So, um, because like you said, you, you know, you reach out to a $5 million company. I, I mean, I, I listen, I think it's very, very difficult to relate to a hundred million dollar, hundred million plus company. If you're sitting at 5 million, you know, like it's, it's almost like, uh, you know, if you have a dream and you're like, you know what, I'm going to be a, you know, I'm going to get this thing to you know a half a billion and I'm going to go public. That's a great, goal. Like if you're going to put a goal up here, but to me, that's still a dream. It's not really a, a goal, an attainable goal at the phase you're at. I'm not saying you can't get to it. I'm just saying you need to dial it back a bit and actually create some steps along the way. So if you're sitting at five, maybe make it 10, you go from 10 to 20, 20 to 50. Like you can, you can make more sense of the things that you can realistically do if you have a goal that's a little bit more reasonable. And that means also listening to those uh, peers of yours that are of the same size or a little bit bigger than you. So you can kind of, it's just easier to, to start to understand and connect the dots on, okay, perfect. In order for me to go from five to 20, I've met with this $20 million guy and this $20 million guy, this $25 million guy. And I see, I can now see and visualize end goal and the path to it. That's important, right? Yeah. And, and not trying to create limiting beliefs, but you know, of course, like you said, you're creating steps to get there, right? So if we want to become a hundred million dollar company, we first have to become a $5 million company. You know, and maybe we'll surpass that within just a, a short period of time, 10 million, 15, 20, like you said. But 
you know, zero to 100 million overnight doesn't really make sense. So you have to have those uh, foundational, you know, um, pieces to go along with it. Yeah. So, so then let me ask you this because you, you went through this, um, you, you're one, 2 million. Nice job. There's a lot that don't even get to that. You're one, $2 million, you know, 2017, I think that was into 2018. So, um, then you, two years later are sitting at five. Like this is a normal pattern I've seen quite often. Um, but you notice you're, you started taking bigger chunks year over year towards the back half of this thing. Do you believe that's because you started to uncover things that allowed you to scale more? Like there's something in there that takes you from the incremental, like two to three, three to five, and all of a sudden five to nine, nine to 15, 16, like you're taking bigger chunks. What's happening in there that's allowing you to do that? Are you, is it just things becoming clear? Is it because you're learning more about the business? Like, is it just that you're, you'd started marketing more and li- what is it? Like what's happening on this back half that's allowing you to take bigger chunks? I think seeking out things that, uh, you know, we don't know, like you only know what you know, like you said earlier, and you don't know the things that you don't know. You don't even know they exist. But as you start to get introduced to those things, again, you know, taking action, of course, with them. But in the very beginning, we didn't even know what gross margin meant. You know, we didn't even know what break even meant. We didn't know what culture was. We didn't know any of those things. And then so as you start to learn about those things and you're able to align your team with those things, then you can kind of continue just plowing forward, you know, really, really seeking out the information and doing it, you know, on a, on a regular basis, every single day basis, you know, uh, I'm up at 4am every day, you know, working on stuff and I enjoy what I do. So it doesn't feel like I'm working. It's just part of life, right. But really getting after it every single day, but getting after it using techniques that we've learned from other people, you know, or even just discovered on our own sometimes. Hey, are you taking time? Like I, I'm trying to go back to, to, let's say, let's say you got to, when you got to 3 million at the end of the year, like, are you celebrating these wins with your team and your family and things like that? We, we throw parties and stuff like that, but overall we don't really stop, you know, every day sort of feels like, okay, we're still moving forward. You know, we're very progressive in that way. Um, like our five year anniversary was like two weeks ago. And I did reflect on it that day because it's considered a milestone, Yeah. but I had forgotten that it was even coming up, you know, until it came up, you know, so I don't really think about that stuff a lot. Most of the team doesn't, most of the team doesn't really seem to think like that, uh, very often, you know, we're kind of all moving forward. Yeah. You kind of have your head down and you're like laser focused on it. And I, and I get it. Um, I, I will say, and I do, and I, because I can relate, um, it is important to kind of stop and reflect like that is important to the journey. Um, and let's face it, like you, like you've, you've heard enough people on here too, that will talk about their journey that are, you know, monsters. And then it goes by so fast. Like think about how fast, and maybe it doesn't seem fast, but like five years has went by. It seems like the older I get, I'm 43, like things keep moving at lightning speed and I'm really trying to enjoy the journey, you know? So, it's been 15 years I've been in business. Like to me, that seems crazy that I've been in business for 15 years. And I, and I can look back to thinking like, God, I remember when I got to my first million, I was like, finally, I made it here. Now I can keep moving forward. I just like, I didn't sit, stop and enjoy the moments along the way enough and, and give ourselves a pat on the back. Like I do it for the team, you know, like at the end of the year, we have a big holiday party and that's my way of saying, man, like, thank you so much. Like, let's go big. You see, like I got great holiday parties for at Rhino. Um, but I need to do it for myself and I just don't do it enough because I, you know, 
it's, it's just such a, a grind, but it's the journey. Like this is what I love is this building piece of it. Like you and me having a relationship, you came to Rhino X, which is an event that I thought up that I wanted to, to, to do. And then I did it. And then you were there and you're a, like, so you see like all these things have happened that like fill my cup, but I would encourage you to, to have those moments, man, to just kind of sit back, even if it's just by yourself for 15 minutes, man, like, and, and, and look what you've done in a short amount of time. I know you, I know where you're trying to go. Like you have a lot to accomplish still too, but you got to do those things, man. You need to feel that feeling of, of success. Yeah. I did that for about 15 minutes, That's you know, good. like, like you said, and, and yeah, all of the, all of the cheering and everything like that is typically for the team, you know, um, for any of the team members that, you know, enjoy that and want that, you know, I do all of that, but, uh, yeah, I, I spent probably about 15 minutes on it, maybe 10, 15 minutes on it. Well, and that's good. Like, and that's plenty, you know, but the way I look at things too, and, and again, listen, like I'm a super empathetic person now and, and I, and I love like, if you ever heard the term, like give without expectation, like I say, I do that, but I actually do have an expectation. And the expectation is that I'm going to feel good about it, like whatever I'm giving. So there is really an expectation, but, but think about as you've grown this thing, the opportunity, put yourself aside, think about the opportunity that you've given to your employees and the opportunity for career pathing. And, and, you know, and if they, I'm assuming they have kids who are trying to, you know, growing up, trying to go to college, do all these things you're creating opportunity for them that if you go granular enough can be life changing for them. Like it's that big of a deal. That's how I view everything in here. Not with just my own, my own employees, but even our customers like, Hey, listen, there's a day where I can either shit the bed for my customers and I impact them negatively, or we crush it for our customers and we impact them positively. Like I think that granular about things, not that I can control it. Like I can't control these situations. It's been 15 years, but that's how much I think about it. And you're doing those same things. So as you continue to grow and scale this company, that's what you're pulling along with you. You're just starting to scale it. And that's a pretty cool thing, man. Doing good is good business. Yeah. Yeah. The team, the team is great. You know, um, like our management team, we have some amazing managers here, but you know, the, the funny thing is, uh, the majority of them, I think almost all of them, uh, when they started with me had no management experience. So we did like sort of the thing that people say, don't do, you know, hire a bunch of people that were the best technician and make them a manager, hire this person because yep. they're a great phone taker, a uh, call taker and make them the manager. We did that. Um, but the one thing that we did alongside of that is, uh, well, we trained really well. We worked really hard. We communicated effectively. We introduced them to things that they wouldn't normally see. And of course they wanted it. And they really did have the ability, like the potential to do it. So, you know, we got lucky there because we had good people and then we also provided them sort of a lane to kind of continue to grow. So they're amazing people. And now they are actually legitimate, great managers that anybody would walk up to and be kind of blown away by. So did you, did you guys do that in-house? Did you outsource management training? Like what'd you do with that? We did a little bit of both, um, a little bit of both. So we've been in part of a lot of groups. Um, we've talked with a lot of other owners of companies, other managers of companies. Um, you know, I've shared my perspective on things. Uh, you know, I think about things pretty deeply. So we do discuss, you know, real communication and, uh, you know, overall they're all aligned with our vision. So the vision of the company, uh, is something that everybody kind of lives and breathes the mission of the company. Everybody lives and breathes and the core values of the company is what everybody goes by. And so it's just, everyone is really aligned in our company. Yeah. I think, well, that's great. And you mentioned core values and I think 
core values often gets overlooked. Like, yeah, you put yeah. them, you put them in place, but are you really running your business to it? So what we try and do is empower our team. You know, I wear them on my wrist. So I have like right here and, and the team has these little wristbands that have our core, our core values on them. And to, to me, they're incredibly important because I own the company. I build the businesses and how we manage our, it's, it's the foundation of everything. But if, if a team member can't get with someone who can make a decision and they need to make a decision, as long as they utilize those core values to make that decision, we will always support that decision, whether it was the right or the wrong decision. So don't overlook your core values, listeners. And if you don't have them, you got to put them in place. Like they're your guardrails. It is the foundation of what the business is about. It's the DNA of the company. You have to have those things. And listen, if you can't come up with your own core values, there's this tool called Google. And you can Google core values, and I promise you, you're going to find some things that you will that you align with. But but it's important. I think it gets overlooked. And don't just create them, put them out there so you have them, and then don't even and then don't implement them. Like your team should know them. You should be covering them. If not, you know, like we we cover ours on a say a, a weekly basis. You know, if the when the teams get together, just different core value things. So get it and use it and follow it. If anything else, man, you can you can give some uh, you can give your team you can empower them to make decisions utilizing those, those core values. So, so I want to uh, ask a couple of questions uh, to you just around like some of this growth that you've had too. And, and let's maybe talk about like some of the more challenging moments too. Like um, I would say it is unique that you brought in technicians and turned them into managers like you had said. So kudos to you for, for knocking that out. Um, but what are some of the struggles that you, that you hit that you had to overcome? Was there like, can you think to like the first one that you hit? You're like, oh, maybe you were over leveraged by something. Maybe you were, um, your bottom line was dropped. Like, what is it? Like, is there something that happened, like, or just a, a big hurdle that you had to overcome um, that you can remember? You know, um, I think the only challenge um, that I kind of recall is having um, certain people in the wrong seat. You know, uh, people that, you know, I cared about and, you know, really wanted to kind of succeed and they just weren't really in the right position. And so shifting people around and being able to communicate why, you know, you're doing that, you know, is one of those things. So challenging, you know, you know, you don't you don't always start off with the right people in the right seat, you know. Um, and so we did do that, you know, kind of towards the beginning. So shifting people around has always been, uh, I think, the biggest challenge. Other than that, you know, um, we've kind of been able to stay ahead of a lot of things by trying to learn from other people, uh, reading a lot, you know, getting a good education on things. Um, I mean, I didn't know anything about accounting whatsoever. And, you know, I started off with accounting for dummies, you know, because I, I actually read the book, you know, and started to read that, <laughs> read that book and, you know, really kind of getting into it so that I could try to see if I could prevent the fires from ever happening, you know, instead of trying to put fires out you know, learn about what could happen so that I could prevent that from happening. Um, but there was a challenge there with personnel being in the wrong places. You know, that's, that's pretty much it. Yep. Common problem. Um, right seat, wrong person. Um, mm -hmm. another, you know, a key point that you hit listener uh, for the listeners to, to take away too is man, how important is that controller? Um, knowing your financials is so important and, um, and sometimes it's like, you don't necessarily need to like a CFO, but you need like a really, really good controller because you have to know your numbers to be able to predict things too, to know how to move the needle to how to measure success to how to know the health of the business. Like it is that important. It's like mission critical to make that a early hire or a significant hire. Don't just find somebody who kind of knows how to do, you know, receivables and pay. 
find a legit person who understands like spend the money because that controller is mission critical position in a business. Um, I got a four person team there, right? And that way I'm seeing everything I can get ahead of it. Um, something else that you said, you know, because to me, I, I look at this and it's like, the reason I'm asking you for, for like hurdles or roadblocks that you hit Jason is because typically it's not that smooth of a process for most contractors getting in this business. Like there's usually running into things, right? Um, so that's why I'm asking that question. But, but what I hear you saying is something I can relate to. And, and, I'll, and I'll tell you this, <clears throat> when I partnered with Gary Vaynerchuk in 2019, Here's the thought process behind it. I was listening to a podcast. I was trying to do the same thing. I'm educating myself. I'm trying to learn what I don't know about what's to come. So I'm trying to forecast my business and my growth plan and figure out what don't I know about taking this business to another $10 million or something like that. So I went to him for a few things. One, I wanted his marketing brain. Um, and two, they had already built that out at VaynerMedia, the structure of the business. So I knew they knew how, what, what I was going to go through. So I really wanted to get with his COO and his CFO and start to say, hey, what don't we see that we can prepare for? And so that was the most value I got out of that relationship. And I'm not saying, I mean, I love that I can text Gary right now and ask him a question, but but the big, much bigger value was that. I learned this is the positions that I hired for that I needed to hire to do something different. And this is what's going to come along with that. So be aware. So I was able to dodge those bullets as we scaled and grew because I was able to ask for help and to say I didn't know. You didn't have a whole lot of roadblocks because you were humble enough to ask for help, read the books, do all the things to get ahead of it. And that's incredibly important. I think a, a mistake that a lot of people miss. Yeah. And, you know, um, kind of starting with the end in mind, right? So like, if you're going to create this budget, like we learned how to create budget, you know, uh, right towards the beginning, if we're going to create a $15 million budget for this year, then we need to know how many calls we're going to need, what our performance is going to be, how many texts we're going to need to run those calls. And we need to rely on professionals like you. If I call you and say, hey, how many calls can we actually get from doing this? Then I have to be able to rely on that. Right. But really, if we if we put it together, it's not an exact mathematical equation because that's what we're trying to do. But then we have to figure out how we're going to do it. Right. So if we're figuring out how we're going to do it and what's probably going to happen while we're going to do it, then we can try to get ahead of those things. Like if I don't talk to you at the beginning of the year about what we're going to do in the summer, um, then maybe we get to the summer and we have nowhere to go. Right. And then so how that's, there's a challenge there, right? If we want to hit, you know, two, $3 million months in uh, two to $3 million months in the summer, and we don't have the call volume, then we're no good. If we don't have the text, we're no good. If we don't have the trucks, you know, the truck shortages and all that stuff, we're yeah. no good. You know, so we have to plan ahead for that. So we don't run into those roadblocks. Right. But, but what I hear you saying too, it obviously nailed it. What I hear you saying though, is you're not planning for where you're at. You're planning for where you're going. Right. So, you know, and, and that is the goal. Like you have to be, you have, you have to act as if that's 100% where you're headed. You have to, because you got to get ahead of it. And so in order to support that growth, I just heard you talk about making sure you have techs. Like you guys have been solid at recruiting. It's not been a problem for you. What's going on, man? Like, how are you, how are you so good at, re I remember when I asked you like, nah, I mean, like you answered it so fast. No, nah, I mean, I got like recruiting is not a problem. Like we are solid at recruiting. We don't have a, we don't have a problem with bringing on, on board technicians. Uh, I know people in that market that have problems with that. How is, how, like, what are you doing, man? What's the secret sauce behind you being able to recruit so easily? You know, it's, it's funny because it's simple, but it's a little bit, uh, I mean, I guess it's, it, it could be a little confusing for some people, but 
our social media presence is great. You know, all of our messaging is out there for technicians, yep. CSRs, uh, installers to see, you know, it looks great. And it's because we are great. You know, we put up videos uh, highlighting our team. We pay really well. Uh, we have an in-house recruiter who does a great job. Uh, you know, we're constantly reaching out to people and people are constantly reaching out to us. And we don't take everyone that comes in. You know, we're, we're very selective. Everyone has to be a culture fit, right? So we're just, we're just constantly on it. We're constantly on recruiting. Uh, we don't go and intentionally try to take from other companies. You know, that's not really what we're all about. Uh, we're also not really trying to take their leftovers. We're also good at training new people. So, you know, we're just constantly working on building up the team. You know, we have uh, really great installers with really great personalities that work extremely hard and want to be here. They get paid really well. And so that, you know, it's, it's simple. You pay really well, you treat people really well, you give them a, a growth uh, lane and uh, no problem. You know, and we look as, we look as good as we actually are. We are as good as we actually look. And you are as advertised. That's right. Yeah. So, so you have an in-house recruiter at what, when did you bring that person on? Like at what phase? Oh, it's been a while now. I think it's probably been about a year. I mean, of course, we're we're still a newer company technically, right? right. But about a year ago, um, I'd say, and uh, just they're recruiting people every single day for every position. It's very important because so as a manager and all of my other managers, we're good at uh, managing personnel. We're good at managing processes. We're good at doing all those things and all those things take up all of our time. And now you want us to recruit too. And now we're, you know, it, it's just, it's not sort of in our wheelhouse of uh, ability. And so I want a person who's good at doing what they're good at what they're doing uh, to do that job versus somebody that's just kind of doing it part-time. Yeah. Recruiting is a part-time thing. It's a full-time thing. Yeah, man, it is too. It's a grind of a position. Um, we have it here too. We, I think we've, we've made 36 hires alone this year. Um, and I mean, I'm right now I'm, I'm doing some interviewing for one of our um, upper level positions too, which I'd never do any interviews, by the way. Like I'm not doing recruiting. I say, I take that back. We're recruiting, but I'm just doing interviews. Um, and I remember why I don't love doing that because it's a grind to do it. Um, but an absolute necessary position to have to, to be able to support the growth plan that you have. Um, but you know, but you talk about a couple of things in regards to like you pay well, like, so this is why you can't just be like, a cheap guy in the market. Like you have to be aggressive. You have to trust in your quality. You got to keep your price point up because in order to pay well, you have to be able to have a sustainable business that, you know, and that makes money. Like you have to be able to afford to pay these people to get them on board, but you also have good employee incentives and bonuses and things like that. Like what are some things that you guys are doing there for, you know, in, in that world? Oh, well, we have all holidays off and paid. So, I mean, everyone's paid for holidays off, you know, all of the traditional ones, including we have Black Friday off and paid because nobody wants to go to work when their family's in town in Vegas, you know, on the strip. For sure. Uh, Christmas Eve, things like that. Um, you know, like our, our lead installers are getting paid more than a hundred thousand a year. You know, they're all getting paid a lot. Techs are getting paid a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, we've got 401k. We've got all of those things. We do a lot of company events, um, you know, great Christmas parties, not quite with, uh, <laughs> you know, some of the, some of the Christmas parties you've had, but, you know, really great Christmas parties. And, um, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, we really do care about our team. You know, it's a sincere thing. We're not out here like, Oh, well get out there and, you know, get to work. You know, uh, we also don't have on call. We don't have, um, more than five days of work. We don't have guys rotating, you know, six, seven days in a row. It's like you work five days and you're off a couple of days. And that's not traditional 
traditional, like when I was a tech would work seven days a week, every single week forever. That's right. Yep. You know, so we don't do that. We want people to have, you know, time with their families. We have paternity leave. So that's a a unique thing in our industry. Everybody has maternity leave, right? But paternity leave, like I have four kids, right? And I didn't spend any of my time, any time with my kids when they were born, you know, so it's an important thing for me. If I've got young installers or young techs, you know, that are getting ready to have a kid, I, you know, they're like, oh man, I could work, you know, it's summertime. And and they mean well, you know, they want to come in and they're not doing it because they feel like they're going to get fired. They want to help. I'm like, no, you need to go, go be with your family for two weeks, forget about this place and do your thing. Man, I'm so glad to hear you say all that. Um, because I think, you know, me well enough to know, like, uh, and just kind of how I roll, that is, that is extremely important to me, that piece of the business, because that's real life. And in a lot of instances, we don't, you know, we don't, uh, live to work. We work to live. And, um, and you gotta have that. You have to have the balance. Like, man, I wish I would have learned that for myself earlier. Like I was just grinding this thing out the first, say even 10 years, man, like just head down, getting after it working. But, but my intent was good. I'm like, Hey, I'm doing these things to create this opportunity to be supportive, to be a good dad and to be able to do things I couldn't do. And not, you know, for, when I was a kid and we, all these things, I think are really important to have that time off, like for these guys. So I'm going to add a couple other things on here. And if you're, if, uh, if you're listening, I just want to throw out a couple other options to you for benefits that I think are, work really well. And I'll share some things that we do here. <clears throat> um, same thing, everything you just mentioned, same thing paternity is the big deal. Like not maternity. That's obvious. That's always a given. I believe paternity, you, you know, for you also need to be able to go. If you, you know, if you're a father, go take the time with your kid. They're not that you can't get that moment back. You can't hit rewind and get to it. So get there. That's way more important than anything else that you're doing. Any, any good company support, I believe is supportive of that. That's the human being aspect of being in business. Right. So paternity, I think is great. Same thing, all national holidays. Um, you know, for me, it's a little bit different because I have to give off, you know, work from home days just because it's a thing, you know? So we had to work that whole deal into it, but we give it and you can earn work from home for us. But we created this thing called a Masogi. And I don't know if you saw this, Jason, but um, a Masogi benefit is something I learned at, at, a, um, at a, a conference I went to with a guy named Jesse Itzler. And it's basically a benefit where we give every employee has a thousand bucks. And they have a thousand dollars to go spend it on having an experience that they won't forget that year, like a memorable experience. So like our producer Ryan on this podcast is kind of on this uh, weight loss journey too. And he's in it and he's actually tracking, like we rolled it out. I think during the podcast that came out two weeks ago on Goodrich's podcast, but um, he's on that path. Like he has a set plan and it's life changing for him. He's going to lose 60 pounds. Like that's a big deal. You know? So he got a nutritionist and he's following these things. Last week, Jason, I lived out my boyhood dream, man, by using my own Masogi. And I went and learned how to fly fly a fighter pilot, like a, a plane. I went and had an air-to-air combat with another plane with Mike, a president of our company. And we did it. And then we documented the whole thing. Like in, like I'm flying the planes, doing barrel rolls, spinning. Fly. I've never flown a plane in my life, by the way. Like that was the first time. And, and I used that benefit to go and do it. Others went and had like backpacking trips for a week. Somebody took bull riding lessons and went and did bull riding. Um, like, so all these cool things and these experiences, it cost me a thousand bucks, man. I gave them a thousand dollars just to get that little hurdle out of their way and go and have that experience. And I was able to give that to them. And that's part of the building the culture, right? Is you're doing these things to help with the culture, the little things, because money isn't always the answer to getting good people on board. It's in piece of the puzzle. 
but it's not the puzzle. So you got to do things more than just pay, 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 you know, pay really good because a lot of times others will also pay really good. So it's got to be a little bit more than those things. So, you know, we, um, just, you know, we have a good time committee, people who, who they pick, they want to be on here once every four months. We've got a group of people and they pick out, Hey, this is all the different things that we're going to do. It could be something as simple as like potlucks, right? But they're coming up with it. They enjoy doing it as a team and they're coming up with different things that the other employees can do. Team builders, we do once a quarter, but the most important thing to me that we do, even at our size is give back. It's like the one thing that I refuse to give up on as we scale. And that is, I still have one day every single month where every employee takes their paycheck, they get paid that day, but they're not doing anything for Rhino. And they're doing everything for themselves and their community. They're going into the community and they're serving food banks, you know, charitable places, going into like uh, packing lunch bags, go, like whatever it is. I don't care, but you're going and serving somebody else who's in need, not us. But to me, the reason I do that is because that fills them as a human being. It fills their soul. And I was able to give them that opportunity to go and do that. And that fills my cup. See what I'm saying? So like, it's just something that's different. Cause you look at it and you're like, holy shit, I got to cover all these, um, all this payroll and nobody's doing anything. That seems crazy. Look what it does for the retention of your, of your employees. I promise you it's worth it. So just something else to throw out there. I'm not telling you, you have to do it, but man, community service is so mission critical. So I re respect hearing you say things like that, you know, on the feel good piece of it, because obviously you struck a nerve. Like that's the stuff, that's the stuff that I love. Cause that's real life. So um, I want to go into this next question too, because I think we're probably about what, 45, 50 minutes in. Perfect. So, um, and I want to talk about this thing that keeps popping up. Like I was on a call. I know you're a premier, you're a premier dealer at Linux. Um, and I was on a call with, with the Linux team yesterday and, and they're saying, Hey, what are you hearing? What are you hearing from the contractors? You know? And the thing I keep hearing over and over again is like a, a the potential impending recession that's coming recession, the buzzword. Um, and I have my opinion on it. And what I think that's really going to look like, um, I've had plenty of these conversations with a lot of people in our seats, uh, your seat too, um, of all sizes. And we all have kind of our opinion of what it's going to be. But what's your opinion on it? Like, what are you thinking about in your seat about this? I use air quotes, impending recession. I try to focus on things that I can control, you know. Um, it's good. That's, that's the big thing. Of course, you know, we're always looking at, like I said earlier, you know, looking at fires that we could try to prevent from happening. But, um, I was a tech during the last recession. I wasn't a business owner, but I was the primary sales guy for the company that I worked for. And I crushed it during the recession. I mean, you still get out to people's homes. They still need help. Um, and you're still there to provide a service. So I don't know if people are going to all of a sudden stop needing air conditioning and, Las Vegas and Arizona. <laughs> I don't think you know, so. I don't know if all of a sudden the plumbing is going to start flowing really well because people don't have money. But I think that, you know, ultimately if we're providing a good service and we are a good company that we're going to end up being fine. You know, um, I think that um, the recession might, you know, affect different interest rates for people that have loans or are looking to get loans or whatever. I don't know if that's the case because we have no debt. Um, but really we're looking to provide a great service, still be a highly rated company, provide a highly rated, you know, service to people and great products, just like I said in the beginning. So it's still delivering the fundamental things that people really need in a, in a really excellent way. Man, bingo. So I am 100% on board with you there. I legit think it's a mental shift. 
I think is a mental block there. Like you just, and maybe it's easier for you and I to say because of our the climate, like our markets are so hot, and we have great length of time for that for our that heating that season. And so, but I think it's a mental shift. If you go back and look at your 2020 to 2022, uh, I use COVID. Um, we are a pandemic proof business, FYI, and a recession proof business, FYI, because, like to your point, if you're home, recession or not, like you're. Plumbing doesn't give a shit that there's a recession. Like, or it doesn't, it doesn't care. That, that was actually a really good analogy to use. Plumbing doesn't give a shit. I, that was totally on accident. Hey, clip that one. Let's use it. Um, so, but it, the point being is like, it doesn't matter. Like it, it doesn't know. Like people are home more. They use the facility, like their, their toilets more. They use the showers more. They fly, like all the things. It was great for our world. You know, like that's the silver lining because people were home more. Same thing. I don't think this reset. I mean, from my opinion, I don't think this recession is going to be like this big monster thing. Do I think there's going to be a correction? There, there has to be, but I don't know that it actually affects us. It only affects us, affects us listeners. If you let it affect you, if you let it affect your mentality, because I promise you the business is there. So I love that you say that you're just going to keep your head down and keep going because there's no reason to do anything other than that. It's the same thing we did in what two, 2008 all right. the way to when COVID came, you know, people came and said, well, what are we going to do? We're not going to be able to get in homes. And well, what do you mean? What are we going to do? What, what do you mean? Are we going to just shut down now? We're going to shut down <laughs> because, because there's, you know, a problem out there. We're going to continue to provide the services that people need in a really excellent way and, you know, deliver a great experience. It's just what we do. This is what we do every single day. And this isn't going to stop. Good for you, man. I, I, uh, you know, I, as you're saying, that, I was just thinking about like this whole inflation question that comes up for me often too. And 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 I know you've had to have thought through that and, and we didn't really like discuss it. It's come up, you know, pretty frequently, but, but I feel like I could almost answer this question for you. And it is like with inflation, you, you have to like, listen, everybody's dealing with it. Like, so what are you going to do? You just going to let it eat into your bottom line? Are you going to adjust your price points to over? Like, what are you going to do? What are you doing, Jason? Let them know, because I'll bet you it's pretty logical. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, we're, we're still making money. I mean, that's, that's what it is. We're, we know what we're paying. It's just a mathematical equation. We know what we're paying for the equipment. We know what we're paying for labor. We know what we're paying for sales. And we also know what we're, our goal is to make money. So, you know, again, it's setting everything up properly so that you can, you know, get to the proper bottom line so that you can actually make money. We're we're, we've been 25% plus net profit every single year. So we're going to continue doing that. That's the, you know, that's what we want. Um, in the summertime, we're 30 to 40%. You know, that's just what we do. That's what we're here for. Yeah. And guess right. what? I bet you a pivotal role in that whole thing is your controller. <laughs> it's your team. The financials, you got to know. Yeah. You have to know. You got to know. It's, it's literally the lifeline of the business. Like you got to know those numbers and then it actually makes it easier than you think to manage to it. If you know it, it actually kind of like triggers you to like take action on things because it, you know, if you see that number start to dip, you start to wonder, well, there's something off somewhere and you start to dig into things. What's next for you, man. What's next for like, are you just, you just going to keep going see how big you, I mean, you're Dude, you're doing five years. You've, you've made some moves, man. Like what's next? You've got to be jacked. 
and we're not, we're not really super impressed with what we've done so far. You <laughs> of know, course you're not. <laughs> we're just going to keep, we're just going to keep pushing forward. You know, we, uh, we're just going to keep doing what we do and hopefully get better every year. And hopefully we get more leads, more people, more clients, and just kind of continue moving forward. You know, that's, that's all what we're all about. Jason, congratulations, man. I know you're not patting yourself on the back enough. And I'm doing it for you right now. Congratulations on this first five years and successful business and in the way in which you're doing it. I, I commend you for it. And I want to say thank you for letting um, me and my company be a small part of that journey. I'm grateful. Yeah. Thanks so much, man. I really appreciate you having me on, you know, yeah. great podcast. I listen every week. It's thanks, great. brother. I appreciate it. You know, and listeners, yeah. you know, you know how it goes. You know, I've been hearing people, having people reach out to me saying, Hey man, find people who are, you know, 20 million or less or 15 million or less. And like, let's have some, and, and so I'm listening to you. I'm listening to you. And, and I want to have that as well too. So we kind of cut a decent lineup and I thought this one was like perfect. And you know, it's always cool for me to be able to share a story of a company that I've worked with and, and somebody I have a friendship with. So to me, that's like equally as exciting to kind of use all this for that. So um hundred percent, you can bank on, Somebody's going to take away something from this podcast and implement it to help their business. They're going to say, Hey, Jason, I did this. And he's going to be like, yeah, he's not going to make a big deal of it. He's just going to keep moving forward and keep building his business. No, but you have like, uh, um, you've got like such good business sense. Um, and, and you're, I mean, sharing that on here too, just like some of the simple things that you have is helpful. And, And I want to be able to give our listeners the opportunity to connect with you um, if they want to reach out to you and ask if you're cool with it, I am also happy with filtering that piece out as well for you and having the team connected to you as well. Um, would you mind sharing contact info or would you rather them go through me? I don't mind doing it either way. Oh, I don't mind at all. Yeah, no problem. Well, then fire away. You want me to just fire put it out there? Away. Fire away. Let's let, let, her, right. let her So rip. Um, My email is jasonh at bestairplumbingrepair.com. And you can even text me anytime. Phone number is 702-499-3473. Perfect. Hey, do you want to know, did you listen to the podcast I did with the former president of Starbucks, Howard B. Hart? Did you listen to that podcast I did at all? I did. Yeah. So do you know how I got in touch with him? No. I listened to a podcast with him and I think maybe Ed, my, I don't remember who it was, but he shared his cell phone number on the podcast. So I'm driving and I texted him right then. And he responded back to me in like two minutes. And I was like, this is fantastic. So I've shared my number on a podcast before too. And I certainly should have maybe rethought that a little bit because I, my phone blew up for like two straight months. Um, but it's all good. So, Hey man, appreciate you coming on here and give me an hour of, of your time and, and, and just sharing everything too. And congrats on the success. I'm excited for you. And, and listen, man, 25% net profit. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's solid, baby. So, um, so listeners, he gave you his contact info, reach out, connect with them, right? That's, he he put it out there. He wants to be able to to help him give back. And I know that you're not going to stop trying to learn it, you know, from others too, along the way. So, so again, man, I appreciate you so much. And I'm going to finish this podcast off with a, with a review, like I always do. And listeners leave reviews. All right. Leave It's not difficult. You scroll all the way to the bottom and you type on, you click on leave a review. It's not difficult. You can even go to the actual website rhinoss.com forward slash podcast, I think. Anyway, click on the button that says podcast. It's really big. You can't miss it. And leave a review, please. I love that stuff. And especially if it's about a guest specifically because I love sharing that with them. So I'm going to finish off with with a review and that is from <laughs> Trigger Happy 16. Um, 
I hope that's not 2016, like the date they were born or that they are 16 and they're trigger happy. I don't know what this is, but trigger happy 16, whoever you are. Thank you for leaving a five-star review that says, wow, the podcast always blows my mind. I don't do anything trade related. Ooh, interesting. But I have learned so much about marketing and how to scale a business from this podcast. 10 out of 10 would recommend to anyone looking to start or scale their business. That's pretty cool. Not even trade specific. I love that. So to Trigger Happy 16, thank you so much. And hey, you know my contact information. So you need to give me a little context on that name. All right. So I'll be waiting for your response on that. So Jason, I appreciate you, brother. Keep kicking ass up there, man. Thanks, Chris. Hey. Appreciate it, man. All right, man. We'll see you later. Oh, the listeners, appreciate you guys so much. Listen, he'll get a lot of information. He gave you a ton of stuff and you don't have to do everything, but you got to do something. No zero days. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful. Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really, really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, it's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, Here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review and be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.